Thank you for joining me for today's study. I think you're going to find this is a very interesting study. You know, we've been talking about some of the unusual miracles or the mysteries that God has in the Bible. Today we're going to be talking about, is there any cooking oil for sale? Well, let's take a look at the scripture where it says in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, this is about Elisha helping a poor widow with cooking oil. Let me read the scripture. It says, One day the widow of a member of a group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except for a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one side by side when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Keep in mind, this widow's husband had been a member of the group of prophets that helped out Elisha. He served Elisha, and you'll read that in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 3 through 18, covers that story. She was worried about them taking her sons as slaves. Well, that could have been easily done legally. The law of Moses allowed a creditor to place a debtor and his children into slavery to work off a debt. You can read that in Exodus 21, verses 2 through 4, and Leviticus 25:10. God's law worked really towards limiting the abuse and the, and the length of such time in such situations. This was really not really God's approval. When we look at verse 2, the small flask held olive oil intended for anointing rather than food or fuel. So this small flask was not very valuable. In verse 7, Elisha is called the man of God throughout the sections of the Bible, and particularly this chapter in verses 16, 21, 22, 25, and 27. That word, God, in the Hebrew is literally the God, meaning the true or genuine God. So when she refers to him as the God, she's talking about the one and only, none other. Elisha met not only her immediate needs, but the long-range one as well. What the man of God, Elisha, was teaching the widow is to sell, to pay, and to live. The widow knew exactly what to do in her dire need. She went to the man of God and told him that her husband had died. I don't know if this was an immediate death or if it was over time, but she reminded Elisha how he had feared the Lord and had served him. Now, the creditor has threatened to take her two sons and her slaves under the Mosaic law. 
Apparently, they had a debt that they, they couldn't pay or couldn't afford to pay at all. Elisha wants to know what, what he can do to help, and he poses that very question. It was clear she didn't have anything in the house that she could use as collateral, except the flask of olive oil uh, used for anointing. Elisha gives her instructions. I think this is really important. Can we take instructions in life? Elisha gives her instructions to borrow as many empty jars as possible from the friends and neighbors. And I find it interesting that Elisha tells her to shut the door behind her with her sons and start pouring olive oil from her flask into the jars. Why shut the doors? I think it was to avoid any outside interference. That's my speculation. But maybe the neighbors snooping to see what was going on um, was was a problem. Maybe the neighbors were nosy. <laughs> I don't know. But he wanted the door shut. But really to be alone with God's presence of what he was going to do. I think that's important. We're taught many times in the Bible how to be alone with God. Be still and know that I am God. Even when we pray, we are told not to make a spectacle of ourselves and go behind closed doors. When the angel of death passed through Israel's camps in Egypt, they were told to mark their doors with the Lamb's blood, remember that, and do what? Close their doors. When Jesus appeared to the disciples a couple of times, it was behind closed doors. You read that in John 20, verse 19. In Isaiah 26, verse 20, it says, Come, my people, enter into your rooms and close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until indignation runs its course. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 33, he went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. This is where Elisha helps the woman in Shunem. Once we get alone with God, he can do the miracles in our lives. God wants our full attention. I think this is why this closed door idea is important. We should ask ourselves, what is my attention span? I never give speeches in the past longer than 20 or 30 minutes because I know most people's attention span won't last that much longer. The miracle commenced as the flask flowed endlessly, as long as they had jars available. Isn't that interesting? Her final step was to what? Sell the olive oils, pay their debts, and now live on whatever is left over. Clearly, God provides if we are willing to follow his directions in life. He will meet your needs and your cup will overflow. This is what happened. Her cup overflowed. She didn't have enough charge, otherwise it would have kept flowing. The phrase, my cup runneth over, is the King James Version's wording in Psalms 23, verse 5. Other version says, my cup overflows. A cup runs over when it cannot hold all that is being poured into it. The emphasis of Psalms 23 is the good shepherd's loving care for his sheep. It's overflowing. The Lord not only gives his people what they need in Psalms 23 verses 1 through 2, but he supplies abundance in the midst of difficult times in verse 5. The abundance is not limited to material blessings under the Old Covenant, but also includes the Holy Spirit's future outpouring upon all who ask. 
Read that in Luke 11, 13, and Acts 2, verses 1 through 4. The Bible emphasizes the excessive love, blessing, and power that God desires to pour out on those who love Him. Malachi 3.10, Lamentations 3.22, and Psalms 108, verse 4. All spells this out. Jesus reflected God's generosity when He said, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. John 10.10. Paul continues that same theme in Ephesians 3.20 and describes God as the one who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. More than we ask. Romans 8.37 promises that we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Not only will we conquer, but we'll do more than just be a conqueror if we love him. The Bible records many mighty things done when people were filled with this Holy Spirit. You read this in Exodus 31 verses 2 through 3, Ezekiel 43, 5, Luke 1, 67, Acts 4, 31. We are urged to be filled with the Spirit as well. In Ephesians 5.18 and Galatians 5.16 and verse 25. However, as a glass cannot be filled with milk if it is already filled with mud, we can't be filled with the Spirit when we are already filled with sin or pride or self-will. Before we can be filled, we must be willing to empty ourselves of, our, of everything that would hinder the Spirit's work in our lives. That means we got to clean ourselves out. His grace knows no limits for those whose hearts are holy. Look at 2 Chronicles 16.9. It says, The eyes of the Lord searches the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. We have to be committed, without a doubt. He desires to fill us with His Spirit until our cup runs over. So in other words, until we can't handle anymore. I like what William MacDonald Bible Commentary says. He said, God's grace to needy sinners sets us free from the debt and slavery and provides all we need for a new life. Have a great day.